acceptance they'll give. What's the like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. What's thou like to live deliciously? Yes. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Midweek Matinee, where we talk about a different movie every week and discuss and dissect it between the three of us. I am your host, Blake, this week, joined by Brett. Hey, man. How you doing? I am well. Uh, could be better, but uh, could you know, be worse. I, had, I had to watch that hour and a half movie, so. Oh, eat a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long, Blake. What is your problem? <laughs> uh, joke aside, I'm doing well. Well, good. I'm glad. What about you, Chris? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, Blake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Of course. I'm a polite <laughs> gentleman. That was the most dry I think I've ever heard Chris Rick sound. <laughs> I, am well. I thought it was a soundboard. <laughs> uh, this week we're watching The Witch, the 2016 movie directed by Robert Eggers. It came out in 2016, I think, nationwide, which is kind of hard to say. But it says 2015 because it like aired at festivals, I guess. Yeah, that's not uncommon. So, Brett, what did you think about this movie, and was it your first time seeing it? It was absolutely my first time seeing it. You've talked about it so many times that I, I, I honestly, even with you talking about it so many times, I actually did not go into it with a lot of expectation other than it's supposed to be some form of horror or just realer or something. I got to be honest with you. I didn't love or hate the movie. I kind of just experienced it. It might be that I need to like any, it warrants a second watch through, but even at the end, I'm not quite sure that I know what the fuck I watched. <laughs> like, yeah, I no. genuinely, I have no clue what the point was, what the statement was, what there, like, if there was supposed to be a statement. The statement like, was witches are good, Puritans so, are bad. <laughs> like I said, what I got out of it is their dad looks like Hagrid, and he was trying to get his daughter to go to witches' school. What? <laughs> What? I don't think I'm, that's right at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Ultimately, I, like I said, I I'm not saying that the just watching an interesting series of events unfold, which is ultimately what I did. It's like it led me to a sense of some enjoyment, but also so many questions that I'm trying to still wrangle in my head if it was meant to be questions that sure. like it wants you to not have answered and think on, or if it was just, I have questions that have nothing to do with what he cared about talking about. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. and I, I kind of exist in this middle team, like middling uncertainty in regards to it currently. And I'm wondering if more reflection or discussing with you guys, or maybe even a rewatch is necessary for me to get a better grasp on exactly how I feel about the movie. Yeah, for sure. I am seriously interested in um, hearing the questions that it brought to you and what like what you want to ask. But I do want to jump to Chris real quick and just get his talking points, basically, on whether he enjoyed the movie or not. So, Chris, go ahead. So, this is actually, a, I think, maybe a first for Midweek Matinee, where I think I like this movie almost as much as Blake. Oh, <laughs> so, shit. I do have today, one... Baby. <laughs> I can't. I won't because I promised I wouldn't, but I won't. I can't. Um, I do. I do have one pretty big problem with the movie, but it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of it at all. Okay. 
Yeah, we'll get back to that real quick. Uh, I just want to say um, I had seen this movie probably six, seven, eight times, something like that. And um, it's yeah. obviously one of my favorite movies of all time, as you know, if you listen to our top 10 episode. So just to get the intro out of the yes. way. Go ahead, yeah. Chris. What did you not like about the movie? I think this movie is arguably five to 10 minutes too long, which I think is almost the opposite of what breast problems were going to be. But I wish they hadn't answered any questions. See, now, Chris, interestingly enough, I think I may agree with you. And I'm curious as to hear where you think the cutoff point should have been. So I think I'm actually, I think the cutoff point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I think the cutoff point should have either been when she lays her head down on the dinner table or it should have skipped everything with Black Phillip and it should have just been her walking naked into the woods. That's it. And I think the, the scene with either. the witches. Yes, I think that was too much, okay. and I a thousand percent think Black Phillip was too much. So I'm actually right there with you. I, I I think that I actually have a little not okay. I shouldn't say less questions, but ultimately I think the questions fall by the wayside if you choose to end on the very daring but interesting section of her going through all this and just laying her head down and fading to black. I actually thought yeah. that was. Yeah. for a second and i was it like stayed black for a minute man it does and, mm-hmm. and i kind of sat there and i thought man like i still don't really know what the fuck just happened <laughs> <laughs> all the end and i kind of liked it and then it picked back up and i will say that the last little bit was i guess interesting but i ultimately think it took away from the movie i don't think it personally i don't think it took away from the movie i think the problem is it made the movie less mysterious before you have the they come down to is Black Phillip actually anything? Is these just people going crazy? And I kind of like ending on the yeah. idea of this is a story that's left up to you as to whether there was any actual witchcraft involved or if this was just general Puritans being spooked by shit going on and letting their own fears get to their head, which is kind of very similar to what The Lighthouse is to me. And this movie has a lot of correlations to The Lighthouse, in my Same opinion. Same director. Yeah. Hey. Yep. So when you think about it in that setup, I do think I agree that leave the mystery there, you know, where it's because there was enough mystery to leave you in that point of where I, I, maybe I have things that I don't completely understand, but the mystery of the movie is part of the stick, like the um, mystique that kind of pulls you in, gives it a lure where the moment you start to pull in the fact that there really is witchcraft and multiples and that there's the goat that talks and becomes a human for a second. He is the devil. Yeah, but my point is he becomes humanoid. He like walks gotcha. around and has a face. Yeah, yeah, with his boots and, and shit. Yeah, so and then and then goes through there. So I agree with Chris in that the questions that it attempts to answer actually end up being again, maybe the word isn't takes away from the movie, but I just find that I think I would have liked the movie even more had it just let me completely full of questions instead of trying to answer a couple. I don't think that you know, I don't necessarily disagree that maybe, you know, maybe if they took off the last five to ten minutes or however long that segment is, um, maybe it would have still worked and maybe I liked it more. I don't know. It's hard to say because I actually really like the ending. I think everything from Black Phillip turning into like the, like you said, the humanoid version or whatever of himself, and then her walking into the woods and rising up and laughing. Like, I don't know. Something about that just closes it up real nicely, I guess. But again, like if they took yeah. it away, I don't know that it would ruin it either. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the thing is the movie sets that up. It's not like you don't see the witch. Right. You know, cause so if you didn't see times. the witch, then I think, 
Yeah, if you didn't see her, I think the ending would ruin the movie. But because you do, it doesn't ruin it. I just don't think it has as much punch, I guess, for me. Sure. Because I think you can take that movie as Christian delu- or Puritan delusion, or you can take that movie as something going wrong because of the devil, where the ending, it's not Christian delusion. It's almost proving the Puritans right instead of just letting you kind of have this moral dilemma, which I think makes the movie at the very least less interesting to discuss. Not not, that's a bad thing to say on a podcast about the movie, but (laughs) because it answers so many questions, we can't have this like, well, what, what do you think happened? You know, it's like, no, it's pretty fucking clear what happened. I think if, I think her laying her head down on the table is the best ending because you don't know at that point. But I also think you could, have ended it with her walking naked into the woods and even still you're kind of answering a question but you're not answering it at the same time you know sure so, so you're saying cut the black phillip scene and then cut the scene where she sees the other witches instead you just see her walking with a black goat into the woods butt naked i i, I also think that could work yeah i think that's what i because at that point you're left with a different question is she crazy or is Black Phillip, uh, the devil, because you know, or where at the you, you end up with that. Did she was she part of it all along? Yeah, you know, there's no like questions answered there. Yeah, I don't think you, but I do think the movie think sets it up pretty well that you could ever think that she was part of it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. I don't think the movie does that. I yeah, and I, I, I agree, but I think if you do that to where suddenly she just, you see her lay her head down and then suddenly you have a hard cut to her. And I mean that like in a good way, you give a hard cut to her suddenly being butt naked, walking into the woods. It raises that little bit of doubt of like, it, it, okay. So like if we play the movie from the Puritan delusion and like letting their fears play up and build up into these things. And in my, in my mind, the way that the movie plays out, is that much like in the lighthouse where the mermaid is this thing that you're not even sure if it exists, if it's just a figment of their crazed stupor, um, then the mm-hmm. witch is kind of that too. Like maybe the, maybe the movie shows us the witch, but do we really know that the witch is real? Or are we just seeing p- these puritanical feel- fears just essentially, well, uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word to use here, but manifest at least as far as we see them through the eyes of the, protagonists that we happen to be following at any given time following well, that's the thing the difference here and between this movie and the lighthouse in the lighthouse when we saw the mermaid it was through robert pattinson's eyes like sure. he saw the mermaid on this sure. one every time we see the witch no one else is there except for except for when she's milking the goat yeah. at the end well no we see her pull the the boy With caleb right yeah. okay so i guess just the first time then really that she's yeah. not being seen by a person so yeah, but so again, one scene, but even still, that one scene kind of dis- disproves that. Does that make sense? Sure, but I think the way that the movie if you're not there to imagine it. I guess. I guess what I kind of mean by that, right, is it's the movie kind of showing you the manifestation of their imaginations of what could have happened. Because even like, say that you leave that in, but you never actually answer the question of is the the black goat involved? Is is any will? Sorry, any real witchcraft actually involved? You end up in this thing of like. Throughout the movie, they're kind of going between this, like, was it a wolf? She doesn't think it was a wolf because she didn't see one or hear one or anything like that. Was it a witch? The kid's talking about it being a witch. It kind of is like the movie showing you these the, the fears that are within these people coming to life. I think that it would it could play out the same way. Now, clearly, that's not what this movie is. 
But I think that there's a way where this movie could be that. And it's at, like Chris said, at the very least, it's more interesting to discuss whether it's actually better or not as a overall from most people. I think for me, I would have preferred that just because I think it does kind of leave this movie up to kind of exist in this. Is this all just a fever dream? How much of this actually happened? How much of this is just people allowing their fears and their, their belief systems that drive those fears to taint them and end up, you know, it's, it's interesting in a way that I think is different than what you end up with at the end of this particular movie. And that's just kind of where I stand. Yeah, for sure. I don't, um, I don't necessarily agree. I really like how this movie wraps it up and I don't know if that it answers every question. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that I have any questions, so maybe I guess it does, but you know, that kind of brings me to my first point from in the beginning, Brett, um, towards you. What are some of the questions that it left you with? Because you said you had numerous questions unanswered by the movie. Well, I think what it is is right. It's like I said, it's it's uncertainties. I don't even know if I'd say them as questions as to where the movie as it would continue, and that's why I partially have this feeling of a rewatch, par- like possibly being necessary, is wanting to understand the through line of what is going on with the witch, since sure. we know that it really certainly is a witch. So. Um, and I, I don't mean this nearly in the same way as last time, but like she took the baby. Okay. Right. And seemingly used the baby's blood to do something. She rubbed it on the broom to fly, which is a known, it's like a wife's tale, I guess. So. That helps. That might be part of, cause I was trying to understand like, okay, so she took the baby. She would have naturally speaking, you'd have to have a reason, but you can think of a million reasons as to why a witch may want a baby. <laughs> so I was trying to understand the through line of why it went there. And then what would be the through line of why she's doing it to this whole family. So like I had this question at the end, definitely because of the way it chose to end Um, in the beginning of the movie. Is she doing some kind of a ritual that is, that is essentially damning this entire family and bewitching them and cursing them to suffer this fate. And Mm -hmm. then at the end, you would assume that black Philip is just the devil's embodiment for that. But, can can he do that on like a higher level where these are all girls that had, you know, I'm trying to think of the, what you'd even call the goat that as he is as black Philip, but did they all have some manifestation of the devil that lured them into being a position where their entire families murdered and brought them into the woods to kind of create this, you know, bring more people to his side. I don't know. It just, it kind of was like, you know, the Belco experiments end and I, I don't know why there's not an episode <laughs> that goes by that we can't bring up the Belko experiment. Uh, but one of the questions that comes up in the Belko experiments end uh, before it actually ends up showing it is like, oh, wait, so this is happening. This is happening simultaneously elsewhere. Like we're seeing all these things go down. And I kind of had that feeling here. Like the first thing that kind of washed my mind when I saw all those girls out there were like, wait, did all their families just die and they end up in the woods too? I think it was just an already established like witch coven because a lot of them looked older. You know, they didn't all look really mm-hmm. young. And I guess you could become a witch at any age, so maybe that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but. I genuinely don't know. I'd say a lot of them to me looked younger, but they looked disfigured, which is sure. kind of like a witch ploy as well. Like, you know, and part of giving yourself over. Um, like, you know, you'd see some of their yeah. legs would look like they were like burned or twisted up. And again, you're seeing this in kind of a bokeh effect where it's it's a little blurry in the background as you're seeing everything through yeah. Thomason's eyes or, or not necessarily her eyes, but from her more of her perspective. So, right. yeah, I don't think that it's in the same sense of like last week when I'm talking about on Halloween of I think that the movie 
tries to, but also doesn't completely give into trying to set up why things are happening. I think this movie maybe showed them, but I didn't understand them. And that's why I was kind of actually excited to talk about this and hear like, Clearly, I didn't hate the movie. In a lot of ways, I did like the movie. There's a lot of fantastic performances, and it kind of does keep you on the edge of your seat with who is what and if anybody in the family is involved and this kind of spiraling around of things. But by the end of it, I just felt like I had maybe watched it wrong, and I didn't know if that was a failure of the movie or a failure of me. And that's something I can't answer until I either rewatch it or have further conversation that maybe gives me the context I need to make things make sense. Like the witches rubbing blood on the broom. I actually had no clue of that. And I think that 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 does help give me some reason as to understanding because by the time at the end went there, I kept wondering why the baby and what was at the start of was the baby, the first start of getting the whole family down and was the witch involved with trying to get the family out of their plantation to begin with. It just, it brought uncertainties to me that I didn't know if the movie attempted to mention or if I was looking too deep. Sure. I think that the witch in the woods and also Black Phillip were there to break Thomason down. I think they were there for Thomason from the beginning. And there's sure. no like exposition yeah, or anything to that. say that, so I'm just totally guessing. But it feels to me like everything they did was to tear her down, you know, because they could have taken the baby at any moment. I mean, the baby just fucking disappeared. Yeah. So you sure. didn't like it didn't yeah. need to be at that moment. And it seemed seemingly everything happened, you know, when she was in the woods with Caleb is when Caleb disappeared. You know, she's the one that did the chores and so that way, you know, then then the silver cup went away. And that's kind of on the dad, so I don't know if that could play into Black Phillip at all. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that like I said they were there from the beginning to get her, to let her become a witch and I don't think she would have signed the book if you know the first night they were there and black philip turned into a human and was like hey sign this book she'd be like fuck you dude no yeah (laughs) certainly and i do think that there are scenes in the movie that kind of set that up like one of the first scenes that we see after the very quick intro is her praying and saying how she's not clean and begging mercy there's a lot of that throughout yeah so caleb too saying you know is the baby going to hell am i going to hell when i die mm -hmm. you know because they're born with sin and all that when i find it interesting that they kind of approached (laughs) it from a like not that they did for sure, because clearly they're they're worshippers of of God in this. But did it kind of seem like they were like I don't want I'm trying to think of the word to use, but when they get there and they're outside of it, they kind of like raise their hands up to the forest to be like you know take us in forest forest of God or whatever. It's like they were proclaiming the land to be something good for them when clearly that was a like the land given to <laughs> a sign of something more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it definitely seemed like, and you know them being kicked out of the town you know in the beginning because you know he wanted to do christianity a little more i guess strict than they did is what it seemed from my point of view from when i've watched it yeah and that's what that was another question i had was exactly why he left because i heard you know he says like you know i don't need to be told by false christians yeah exactly. so there there is an implication go ahead chris i took it as um the people who kicked him out being almost right about god because I guess this is going to be kind of a tangent, but it fits where I've always like, okay, I'll ask the question. If you were given the opportunity to sell your soul, would you do it to the devil? Would you do it just in general? Uh, nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Uh, it depends, I guess what I would get out of it. I about to say, I think that that's always the sure. question, right? It's like, what do you, yeah. what do you receive from it? Like eternal, like eternal life. Then yes. See, okay. See, that's the thing is my thing has always been, if you can sell your soul to the devil, 
that therefore proves the existence of God. Therefore, you don't sell your soul to the devil because if you live a good life, you'll go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, I mean, if, if the devil movie, exists, God exists. Yeah, like you can't have sure. one without the other. Right. So this movie to me shows that, to me, it was William and his family weren't following the word of God. If anything, they were following the word of the devil where the town kicked them out knowing that and that's why this all happened to them. So I feel like the town was quote unquote good Christians where, and they kicked them out and then they left and were bad Christians and were no longer protected by God. And I think if you take that, the way I was talking, I think about it, you know, I think you can look into that where the God was punishing them and allowing this to happen because they weren't quote unquote good Christians, you know? So yeah. I guess my argument there, and it's, it's not even an argument, it's just a question of uh, kind of understanding how you landed on that. Um, I definitely come from the, the census that they are flawed Christians and that they're flawed yeah. humans. But then again, they're to an extent they're aware of that. And they bring that to, yeah. to bear a couple of times in the film where he, you know, multiples right. of them kind of bring up like, you know, we're not worthy. And they constantly do the prayer of, you know, we sin every day. We live in sin, but we pray that you will continue to forgive us. So, you know, the typical Christian thing. So clearly, while there's a lot of things that happen in the well, movie. I don't think that is typical Christian thing. I think that's extremist. Well, okay. That's the problem. And that's why they got kicked out of the town is because they were extremists. Maybe. Right. And I think that so, okay, I think part of what makes it weird for me is this idea of them being in the puritanical times where Christianity was a lot more extreme than it is now. So I don't know. I, I, it's clearly extremist by today's nature. But in my mind of watching the movie, it didn't feel as extreme as it would feel like in a more modern setting. Well, yeah, but I think, yeah, well, I mean, that, even back then, they don't show you a contrast in the movie outside of the fact that they get kicked out of the commune for being extremists. Yeah. And like I said, that, that was, I didn't know exactly why they were kicked out. So, but that's, yeah, he was too aggressive with his worship. If I'm remembering correctly, like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm that was to it. Think exactly they were See, I didn't remember that. hearing a dialogue line that explicitly said it was more implications through dialogue is what it felt like to me. My well, I guess is- regardless of anything, they were kicked out because of how they were worshiping, even if it wasn't necessarily extremist or anything else. So therefore, it kind of puts the camp of, okay, this town is practicing their religion this way. The town is prosperous and safe. These guys got kicked out of that town. And they can't grow crops. They can't hunt. Oh, and then the devil kills them all. (laughs) So you have a very clear who was right and who was wrong in the eyes of God, if you want to look at it that way, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of Christians probably were, like a majority of them were extremists considered today. But that doesn't mean there weren't even farther extremists, too. You know what I mean? Certainly. Just because most of them were farther than they are today doesn't mean they couldn't be too far. it's kind of like there's the everyday Muslim and then there's the ISIS insurgent, you know, I hope that's not an offense. I don't, I'm not trying to be no, offensive. No, about I, just, I understand you know. what you mean, but even then I guess I say like, you know, in thinking of the time where there was a lot more reverence for, you know, constantly saying your prayers and understanding and talking through about, you know, the, the, the folly of man and the, the glory of Christ. That's kind of what I got from this movie. I didn't get an immediate that they were doing something extreme so much as they were devout. You know, I, I guess that's just what it felt like to me. And again, that's a, 
I don't know if that's due to personal experience of seeing people around. Like, you know, I have people that I consider to be on the very like zealous side of Christianity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. Um, and I guess it feels like some of those conversations, but just a little bit more in the time period where to me, it feels more, it feels more natural to the new England coming over and settling situation of which, which I am understanding this correctly, right? This is them coming from England, coming to a plantation and then being kicked out of it in the new England wildlife in the Americas, right? I just, sorry, I rewatched the first beginning to see if there was anything explicit. Yeah, with the sound off to look at the subtitles. There was, they didn't say why, right? So the dad does say, as you said, I think, Brett, you said, um, you know, he called the governor of the township a, a, false, uh, a false, false Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So typically, like in my experience with, you know, a lot of my friends and family are Christians, and usually the people that would say that are the more extremist kind, you know? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they're extremists, but they're no, more yeah, intense sure. in their religion than other people. You yeah, know, like usually, you don't believe as strongly as I do. Therefore, you're you a are, false Christian. You either right? are false or you're not as pure in the eyes of the Lord as I am. Yeah. yeah. I think it's almost a way you look at it, at the line, because I also happen to, be, to watch it again, too, just to see it. And I take the line of where William says, I am preaching the true gospel of God. Yeah. And the governor says back to him, you disrespect and break the laws of your commonwealth and the church with your prideful conceit. So to me, I read that ah. line of he believes it's supposed to, he's, he, he believes they're supposed to worship one way and they believe it's a different that way, they're supposed yeah. to worship. A and that's why, which you could also look at mm. it where they're taking freedom of religion into account and he's not. And that's also maybe the reason he got kicked out. Sure. Yeah, so, so you can kind of take it, Two ways where it's not even that they're extremists, but he's trying to force everyone to be extreme. And they're like, dude, you don't have to do that here. That's why we came here. Right. And you he disagrees. Right. Yeah. So on that, Chris, I'm glad you actually said that because I think that actually gives me a little bit more of a clear thing too. And it also helps a line later in the movie come a little more full circle. Um, so I didn't, he- I don't remember that line. So clearly, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, I did have like a little distraction where my wife came in and was doing something. So I I don't remember hearing that line. I did hear the false Christian thing. So the specific line of the person saying that he has he's being prideful in his you know worship or whatever, and to to the degree of the negative intention of pride. Later in the movie, whenever he has the kids boarded up in the you know the part of the barn with Black Philip. And he's outside splitting wood and then he kind of stops and starts to cry and like shove the dirt in his mouth and says that he's praying to God and saying that he is like he is. What did he say? He's filled with the toxin of pride or something to that degree. Like he he understands that this is his fault, but he's trying to spare his kids. And I think that that does help me make a lot more sense of this idea of well, why is the family suffering? Well, if his prideful ways were his undoing and he was teaching and passing down those prideful ways to his children, then it's kind of like, you know, going through and getting it at the, getting rid of everything, cutting down the whole apple tree and not leaving any apples around so that that continued strain cannot grow. Um, that's an interesting way to view it, and I think that does put a lot more perspective to the movie. Yeah, and not just, you know, pride. I don't think, I could be wrong here. Is pride one of the deadly sins, the seven deadly yes. sins? Yes, it is. Okay, so with him being, you know, pride, I noticed throughout that that's kind of 
a thing like the seven deadly sins and i couldn't pinpoint all of them but Certainly. i did write you know the boy caleb Must. looking at thomas and lust and then i thought there might be two here so like the dead crops and all the, they can't catch pestilence. an animal that could be like pestilence or maybe even wrath or something yep or maybe the mom is wrath but like yeah it could be like you know just the concept of like what's going on as a whole but you know i pinpointed it yeah. to either like the mom do what the mom definitely fits that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'm see, I'm trying to think like where does like uh, where does sloth, greed maybe. come in? Yeah, I'm, that's what I was trying to think too. Greed. And, and not to no say that they're really not greedy. There. Well, Thomason's greedy, right? Where Thomason's entire thing, even at the beginning, when you see her reaction to her father's decision to leave, is she wants to be in more. I guess opulence feels like a weird word for the time, but I think that fits. You know, sure. she wants to have the easier plantation life. So you could look at that as greed. Mm-hmm. The, that well, that's why she doesn't commit nearly as much to everyone else. You, you know? know, maybe, but I think that I didn't get that immediate feeling. And if anything, when I think about Thomason and where she comes from, a lot of her motivation in late movie is from hearing her con- her parents talk about how she's of age to go serve someone else, which would actually put her in a better life. But she doesn't want to be separated mm-hmm. from her family. So I don't necessarily know that she would embody greed in that sense. Now. I, I think like much like Blake, another watch through because I, I did the same thing. I specifically mentioned, uh, I specifically put lust and pestilence and all that stuff. Like clearly they were suffering from some of the things, but I was trying to keep an eye on things too. And they weren't always coming together to me. Like, you know, yeah. a lot, some of them are really driven home. I feel like, of course, the, the crops being one of them uh, continuously brought up in the movie and kind of the, I think there was touches of, of greed and like, you know, the father implying that the mother was being greedy about wanting to have uh, the the silver cup for vanity's sake and all that. Right. But it was shot down because it was kind of like, no, it's about middle. Yeah. So, but even then, I think she relents eventually that she could have sold it to help them get through the winter, which I don't necessarily think implies greed in the most, you know, base sense of it. But like the love think you know we kept we keep seeing caleb kind of lusting or at least being curious in a sense of lustfulness towards thomason and then whenever he goes into the woods and is being drawn in by the witch i thought it was really interesting that the witch took on the form of like a big busty woman and we keep seeing her specific we keep seeing we keep seeing him look at thomason's uh breast and like her cleavage. And then we see somebody with the maximum cleavage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. So I had a, I, I related to that. I was thinking to myself during this movie where it's, it feels almost, I don't know if abusive is the right word, but like really weird to have a gr- two kids growing up, going through puberty around just, just each other. Yeah. Like no yeah. other no other females for this guy to look at so then you end up i would imagine automatically looking at your sister because she's the only other human in this world and you to know, you basically you at that age because he had to have been like maybe 10 to 12 times yeah, like I would start, say. Right, so he would have been like i don't even know why i'm looking at her i just can't stop <laughs> yeah but i think that that plays into like you know the conversation in the woods we see him go we see him look at uh, her while she's sleeping and seeing her chest rise and fall 
we see him looking at her and then he goes mm-hmm. and talks to the father and goes to the woods with him. And I think it's that he feels confused by the actions because while he doesn't understand them, it, it implies to me in that sense that his father has taught him uh, about lust and the problems with lust and he feels conflicted. And that's why in the woods he's going through this. Like if I were to die right now, would I go to hell? Uh, I, so there's a lot yeah. of through line with the movie in that, um, yeah. in that regard. But I feel like lust was really capitalized on in this movie, whereas certain other ones, if they are there, I wonder if they're there at all or if they're subtle. And they don't you know, need maybe capitalized on necessarily, but it was just you know interesting that one got a lot of screen time and attention. The twins maybe could be sloth, just in the sense that you know they didn't like work or anything. I know they're very young, so maybe that's sure. like kind of like harsh to push on them or whatever. But sure. That's the only yeah. thing I could really think of with sloth because everyone else was like doing kind of what they needed to do, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, with envy, I'm not real sure where that would fit in either. Those are really the only two sloth and or three sloth, envy, and greed that don't fit. Yeah. Or at least in my mind, don't fit. You know, one of the things is after I noticed that lust was well, being yeah, brought in, and you're looking at the the movie through that lens of Christianity, and the cardinal sins are clearly a part of Christianity. I kept because of the way the scene was structured, showing people picking up the bread and tearing pieces off, I kept waiting to see someone try and tear more off than they needed or try and tear off a little bit more without being noticed. Because I, I thought that, I was like, oh, well, this would be a moment to show either gluttony or greed. And I feel like it never quite happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gluttony thing, you know, with them being starving and not having food, I guess that'd be kind of impossible to, to show. Like, <laughs> unless, you know, one of the kids was like hiding the food away that they did have or something. But yeah, so, you know, I think one of the other interesting things that we could discuss is the dad just as a character and how at least mm-hmm. the way it looked from the outside is that he's incapable of like doing anything except chopping wood. Like, that's kind of the only thing that he's good at. Mm-hmm. As you see by like the yeah. mountains of chopped wood behind him at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you know, he finally did, I guess, catch the um rabbit in the trap. So he finally got something. Or maybe it was a squirrel or something, I don't recall. I think it was a squirrel had a long tail. That the sun had went out. See, I think the The sun went out and got it, yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean it could be contributed to either one of them. I think the dad got a bad rap because he was clearly never going to get the uh opportunity to <laughs> properly plant crops because they yeah. were just the devil was destroying them yeah yeah sure but, it, he was being hindered by like unspeakable forces so maybe it's again yeah another one of those times where it's like kind of harsh to put that on him but it was very noticeable exactly like, when he went to shoot the rabbit oh, the first sure. time it like backfired shot on him i guess or like shot ash in his yeah. face or some shit so, i don't know how those guns fucking work but <laughs> for you guys yeah shoot mm. I took, and I wish I would have thought a little bit more into it now, but I always took that the black rabbit or whatever you want to call it was supposed to be indicative of either the devil or, or the, the original witch, one of the two. And yeah. as it moves forward, I, I thought the rabbit was a witch. Yeah. I, I kind the of rabbit that, black Phillip and the crow were all incarnations of the devil. I thought so too, but then that's what I was going to ask is as you keep going through, you know, you see him out there and of course that would make sense as to why it would have backfired on him just because of the supernatural elements of it. And then you have black Phillip. And one of the reasons I was thinking, and maybe one of you remember the scene a little more clearly, um, but whenever Thomason walks out and she sees the rabbit in the uh, barn, they, you don't see Black Phillip in there, do you? 
I don't think so. I think he's the only one in there. The rabbit's there in lieu of a Black Phillip. In what part? I'm sorry. When Thomas walks out to the stables after she goes out and she tells her mom she's going to go. Um, I don't, or whatever. I don't know exactly what it was. I don't think it was milking, but there was some point in time um, before the boy went missing. She walked out mm-hmm. and saw the rabbit. She didn't say anything. She just kind of saw it and it clearly made her uneasy, but that was there. And in that scene, I think that black Phillip is the only thing in the stable or not black Phillip, sorry, but the bunnies. And so instead of black Phillip being in there after the dad had put him in there, it was interesting to me that he was in. So that's where I was trying to figure out like, what is the bunny in reference to? And then the little bit that they bring that crow in during one of probably the absolute craziest scenes of that entire movie. I thought, yeah, I was like, okay, so all of these animals that are in this pure black form are like instances of the devil. Yeah. That was my assumption too. Cause like with the crow, you know, like, breastfeeding on the mom <laughs> or like nipping at her nipples dude that was so fucking i'm telling you that's probably my favorite scene from the movie just because there's so much going on and you're just yeah. seeing the mm-hmm. cuts that go from like the delusion to the reality to all these and there's like you have three different instances of where everything's kind of coming together but then the dad's just sleeping through it all <laughs> yeah that one is probably my second favorite scene just after the uh, best Caleb. scene is with Caleb. Yeah, up in the attic. Like yeah. the whole attic scene is just fucking incredible. Oh man! Um, so it was. Ins- I loved it. Another question I have, and the uh, back to the animal thing, and curious, uh, just because yeah. I don't remember seeing. Have they always had Black Philip, or did they get Black Philip when they moved into that farm? I don't feel like was he just there suddenly. I, th- they pr- I, don't I think, think they, they really went and got well. all the animals probably around the same time because when they left, they didn't have any. Yeah, certainly. So they probably went and traded some stuff for some animals at okay. some point. Because we don't really know how long they were there. Yeah, I was trying to make sure I didn't miss a scene. Did they have the baby when they moved? I don't think they had the baby when they went out there. They didn't. So they've been. So there they would have had to have been there for so. a while. Yeah. Well, they would have had to be there for a while because they built an entire house. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, that dad chopped the fuck out of that wood to build that house. You fuck know? yeah, man. He chops like 17 logs an hour or some shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's a lot. That might be slow. I have no I, idea. But um, yeah, you know, thinking back on that, the other question I kind of had, um, and, and now it's lose. I've lost it. Damn it. Um, give me a second. What, Blake, what were you mentioning before I had... Uh, just the whole attic scene and how incredible, you know, Caleb's actor's performance was and yeah. all of their performances, but so, especially him, just in the way he arches his back and just like chants the uh, like verses or whatever. It's just yeah. fucking insane. And then so, spits a whole apple out of his mouth. That's an amazing scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of the questions that also comes in, what was up with the kids? Like, were the kids just trying to fuck around and jest and like give undue problems toward um thomason or were they being manipulated by the devil and or the witches at that point in time when they were they said they talked to black philip so they could have very well been manipulated yeah. but also i think thomason i think they were just, by telling yeah. her sister that she was a witch like why would you tell her oh, that at that sure. point in time period yeah. <laughs> sure. so that definitely seemed a little uh out of out of left field that might have been the only uh i don't know if bad writing is the right word but you know what i mean sure it seemed very convenient out of character out of place yeah like being the oldest sibling at least i can very well say that i've done stupid shit to my siblings to try and scare them oh for sure definitely 
And what better way when they won't listen to her? I think the movie actually sets that up fairly well. I like that scene because prior to that, you see Thomason getting in trouble because she's not able to keep enough of her raps on the kids. Um, and I yeah, think when they won't listen to scare the kids into having a leverage with them and, you know, having her be like, ah, I'm a witch. And if you go and tell parents, I'll get you. But also, you know, I'm a witch. So you're going to, you're going to listen to me differently. Sure. To me, that's what it felt like. Now the yeah. movie didn't give it enough room to ever really feel like you got to see the results of it before it became something that they told the parents, but you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that scene. I just think it was stupid of her to do back then. <laughs> Never joke about being a witch as a woman in like the 1400s. In the New 1500s. England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's whenever, you know, Mercy, I think was her name, began yeah. to think like, oh, maybe she is a fucking witch. She told me she is. And then she like tried to strangle me. So, you know, once they were in the attic and the brother had already disappeared and then shown up naked, you know, was he tied to the fence or was he holding onto the fence? Something like that. Um, but, you know, so they, they started freaking out. And so I could understand why the little ones would start freaking out about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, but I was just wondering that they were like, they physically, which that's why I thought, you know, clearly it had to do something with the devil. But you had that thing where it's like they suddenly just physically could not recite the prayer. Yeah. And then they passed out for a long time. Yep. Until the dad picked him up and then he started like high pitched screaming. Yeah, but they were, like, suddenly awake. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> that devil magic man's crazy. I think the movie does a good job of making you unsure exactly what's going on in that regard. So that at these turns, you're kind of with the dad of like, I don't. Yeah, if I was him, I wouldn't know who the hell was responsible for what either. <laughs> yeah, because he's too. You see the kids kind of turning on each other, all of, like we saw again. One of my favorite parts of the killing of a sacred deer, where you see the kids kind of turning on each other because yeah. clearly Thomason's been, uh, you know, essentially ratted on that she told that to him that they, she was a witch, and then you see Thomason in the midst of her dad not listening to her, kind of being like, "Oh, you know what? She said that she was the witch of the woods. She's the one who brought up the fact that it wasn't a wolf and that it was a witch, and it must be her." And like you kind of see them kind of turning the dad to who they think it's going to be beneficial to in the moment. Well, it's funny too because they both mm-hmm. turn the dad on like the drop of a hat. So the little kids say, "Thomason's a witch," and he's like, "Tell me it ain't so." And then, like, ten minutes later, Thomason's like, they're the witches, and he's like, what? And he runs in there and grabs them. It's like, dude, you're so quick to fucking just yeah. jump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You mentioned the word witch, and that guy's like, alright, I'm fucking on it, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Tell me I rose no witch in this home. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't grow corn, but I will fuck a witch up. I'll tell you what. (laughs) You know, one of the things I like about this movie, though, is I actually feel like it breaks into some fairly human behaviors that uh, that both play on religion. And then one uh, that sorry, one plays on religion and one that is another favorite of mine plays on just um, general human nature. But the. When you're going through and you see the son who is going through and you can tell that he's kind of unsure of his faith and things, but we finally see him for the first time in the movie really start to pray while he's lost in the middle of the woods. And I feel like, isn't that a real thing that – 
I've had conversations with many of my friends who are Christians and people who sometimes purport to be Christians, but I will ask them like, you know, well, how do you really feel like you're a Christian? Like, when do you pray? When do you worship? Do you only find yourself calling to God when you're scared or feel like you need something from him? And that's kind of what I got from the son in this movie is like, he doesn't say much in regards outside of the general fear aspect of the religion until it becomes he's lost in the woods and unsure of what's around him. And he's just kind of quoting scripture to himself. So I like that scene. Uh, And then the other one that I kind of liked is you have the scene where this is something I feel like every kid has to go through at least once, right? Where your parents is certain of something that they think you've done, but you haven't. And you can't mm-hmm. tell them you haven't, but you run through. And here's the thing. I'm guilty of it, too. There's times where I'm fairly positive my daughter has done something and I have to keep kind of approaching like you did this, didn't you? And like, you know, tell me the truth. Tell me the yeah. truth. And clearly, and we know from this movie that Thomason's telling the truth, but she, but he won't hear it. And I those are things that in real life like people deal with. Like, you know, I know people who will be like, oh, I don't believe in God. And then you'll be like, oh, man, God, please. You know, you'll find them saying crazy stuff like, God, if you can just help me pass this driving test tomorrow. <laughs> or, God, if you just help me not go to jail. <laughs> You'd be like, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was a really interesting aspect. But even like going into like some of the lying, you know, like the the son lies to his mother in a way to like assuage her fears, but also in a way to like make her, make her feel better because – He's clearly known that she's not slept and he's just trying to like give her a sweet thought of like we were going out and getting apples. Well, that's that's funny, too, because that's what came back around with the witch is when he spit out that apple, you know. Yep. So it came back and bit him in the ass, I guess. And that's the thing with the dad, too, is like not only can he not grow, he can't farm, he can't hunt. He can only chop wood, but also he like steals from the family and then lies about it and lets his daughter get in trouble and like take the heat for it. Mm hmm. And just doesn't say anything like multiple times when the mom is like very certain that Thomason did it. And he's just yeah. kind of sitting there like she said she didn't do it. She didn't do it. It's like, yeah. just fucking say that you did it, man. I'm glad he <laughs> did shit. Because yeah. when I was watching the movie, I was like, this father speaks as though he's like, he's holy, but he's allowing his son to lie. He doesn't say, doesn't tell the mom that the son just lied. Doesn't even tell the son like, hey, after the mom leaves, then bring the son and be like, you shouldn't lie. <clears throat> and then he's like, I took the silver cup and sold that bitch. <laughs> and yeah. then whenever the opportunity comes up multiple times, he's just like, I like how he's not lying, but he's he doesn't speak the truth. Like, you know, it's the lie yeah. by omission. Right, because he's like, Thomas and said she didn't take it, so she obviously didn't take it. Also, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the implication of what he's saying, right? It's just Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I was being hyperbolic, but yeah. yeah. And I love that because it's interesting, though, because it kind of does play into what Chris, uh, Chris was talking about, where it's like, for as much as they want to purport to be good Christians, we see them over and over again be poor examples of Christian. But yeah. At the same time, I think that's one of the interesting things is like real Christianity is kind of about that. Like you're going to make mistakes and you're going to mess up as long as you are actively working on trying to do better and asking for forgiveness. You're supposed to be able to still receive the glory of God. So the movie rides that line in a really interesting way because I felt really weird about the dad until he finally did say like, I took the cup. Yeah, And he kind of does it in a moment that is pertinent. It's like, you know, hey, my daughter's about to get extra reamed because there's a stacking allegations against her, but I can at least do this. You know, I can tell the cup 
I I did. I handled it. So it, it, it followed that line really interestingly and kind of lets you feel like they are good Christians sometimes and then they aren't at other times. And it really does make you wonder what was their exact reasoning for having Black Philip and the devil come into life. You know, was it as payment uh, or punishment rather for his prideful belief that he was the only person worshiping correctly? Um, or was it just happenstance of where he got pushed? You know, there's, there's some questions that I don't think are important to answer, but they're questions that are interesting just to reflect on as a curiosity. Yeah. Was it more of just like a circumstance, like coincidence? Well, oh, we picked this land. Also, a witch lives right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, we accidentally bought the devil from a farmer's market at the town later. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, look at that one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Though. Like, has he always been like that goat from the like when the goat was born, or did he just like turn into a goat, a full blown adult, a uh, full grown uh, fucking what am I trying to say, goat? You know, as then, or is like he's just waiting. Like, they, all right, someone's gonna buy me eventually. They do, it was, I almost wish that the movie was shown Black Philip walking up one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do like that it showed him. You know, morph into his humanoid form or whatever. Were were boots with spurs yeah, like even? Like did they exist part. back then? I is that kind of the only thing that doesn't matter, man? Time? It's the devil. Well, no, sure. Yes, I would say so. Uh, yeah, I thought that too. I thought that was so weird. But technically, the devil would, in this realm where he exists, he could have Gucci boots on, and you can't say anything. Right. No, yeah. I'm not saying that it's like ruins the movie because he's the yeah. devil. You can do whatever the fuck he wants. But I just wonder, like, because everything in this movie was so painstakingly like of the time. Mm-hmm. That suddenly that. that Weird. And it might be of the time too. I just I don't think so. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. But, I stand with Chris on the fact that that scene in general to me, it was just it ended up being more funny to me than anything. Of like hearing the way that he chose to use his words, and then seeing him walk around her and like this Billy Ray Cyrus get up. <laughs> yeah. It's <was> weird <laughs> in a way that wasn't weird in a way that aided the movie it was more like this is kind of dumb <laughs> I, i'd rather her just talk to the goat i'd rather just the goat be off screen you don't see it and maybe it walks around her but you're never having to worry about cgiing a goat's mouth to look like it's talking just oh god yeah beats where as it's walking around it's implied that clearly it's him talking but you don't have to worry about seeing him what did the humanoid form really benefit you didn't even really see him talking all you saw was a nose and he just kind of whispered too so it wasn't even like that overbearing, I guess. Would you like to live deliciously? It's an all-time What's line, honestly. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like an all-time line. And you want to cut that scene, man? Yeah, but that <laughs> it, it's an all-time line in a scene that doesn't need to be in the movie. But again, <laughs> the movie works with the scene. I just don't think it's a very good scene. No, I got. You. I don't think it works for what the I feel like the movie was supposed to go for. Hi, I'm Robert Eggers. How are you? <laughs> so, Chris. Like you, you basically just answered what I meant by the beginning in that because of that scene and the way they chose to go about it and even the witch coven at the end, I felt like everything that I thought the movie was trying to do was suddenly just kind of, I won't say thrown out of the window, but the context that it was suddenly given made it less impactful. Exactly. That's why I don't like it. So that's why I say I, I was kind of conflicted at the beginning of the movie. Like really, I do think that I would have been probably 
just over the moon with the movie had it ended with her just resting her head on the table, which again is what I thought it was. I was like, damn, that's a ballsy ending. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> and, See, I think the whole movie led up to the ending that we got. Like, I think that's why it works so well is because everything led up. It was all because they were tearing her down. You know what I mean? Whether they or he or she or whatever, the witch or the devil or both. They so, were all led up to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, you know, I'm a weird person in the sense that from editing the movie that we have, that's where I'd say end it. In an ideal situation for me, I think this movie strikes me a lot harder if you choose the very interesting path of killing the entire family. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and then you just end this movie where you have this entire family that's been excommunicated and kind of pushed out, and you just see that that one action and the, the father's pride as the movie kind of ends up being hinged on leads to the death of his entire family. And I think that that kind of changes the tone in retrospect of the prayer scene with the father eating the dirt and trying to beg for forgiveness for his kids. And it's kind of like a very dark ending, but one that I think thematically fits the movie. Definitely when you have everyone dying anyway, you know, it's just, Sure. I think in my ideal ending, if I could reshoot one part of the movie, would be to have whenever her mother and her are fighting after everyone else is already dead, have some way where they kill each other. And then it's just, you, you kind of have a slow pullback of every body somehow, you know, in, in the film. I think that'd be really interesting. It's like, you know, and then even then you, you get left with this feeling of when that, when it blacks out on that, you have this feeling of like, was there ever even a witch or was this just a family killing itself over being spooked and, you know, overzealousness of their religion and this father being too overzealous. So forming everyone having to kind of like push against each other. And the mother clearly is unstable from days and like uh, days or weeks or whatever it is, lack of sleep. It's a very interesting setup, I think. And I think it might make the movie a legitimately perfect movie. If you just had everyone die and then cut it, and that's it. <laughs> I think it's already a perfect movie. <laughs> I'm glad you do. I don't want to take it. No, I know. Do what, Chris? The problem with what you're saying is it's an entirely different movie that way. Yeah. And I don't think, I personally don't think it's as good. I, yeah, that's uh, opinions are like assholes. They all live deliciously. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything, if not everything for sure um brett do you have any more nonsensical questions about the movie to ask or <laughs> i plead the fifth <laughs> i actually right. haven't brett. I've, I've already stated a <laughs> movie but you can all go fuck yourselves <laughs> what about you chris you got anything else to throw out about the movie i don't have much else to say we talked about caleb's scene i just want to highlight that again that scene is Best scene in the movie, in my opinion. You should have won an Oscar. Um, it was incredible. <laughs> but I don't know that there's too much else to say. I think it was just, I think it was just a very tight movie, and outside of a couple tight, problems, yeah. I think it's just, it's really fucking good. Blake, Blake picked a good one this time. Nobody was stealing grappling hooks at midnight. <laughs> no children getting ready for bed decided I need a grappling hook for my PJs <laughs> and uh, okay. took the only evidence right. of murder. If you saw, if you're a kid and you saw a grappling hook on the ground, would you not grab it? I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that. I just that is the single dumbest scene I've ever seen in a movie. Would you not grab? If I found a fucking grappling hook as an adult, I would grab it. <laughs> it is a small child at a very late hour 
it's a black and white movie. We don't yes, know what time exactly. it was. <laughs> it was night. She has Over been walking cast. around. Dude, the building closed. That is at the very least five o'clock. And then she's walking through the streets all night. Get the fuck out of here. That was like midnight. And there's a small child not being cared for by fucking Europe. Mary Poppins. Different fuck that movie. I'm just kidding. But Oh, one thing we didn't mention. I am so sorry. The music. How good was the fucking music? It was good in the sense of it was very good. It, it was good in the sense of it always felt like it was just complimenting the scene without overtaking a scene. Yeah, there was and building there was like one scene where the music was very loud at the beginning of the movie. Whenever they're being like traveling, and you just hear that. <laughs> really loud. Um, so clearly that overtook. But for the rest of the movie, it was like an atmosphere setter and a mood, you know, intensifier, but without ever feeling like it was completely yeah. taking away from the scene or overshadowing what you're seeing or hearing. And that's uh, that's the hallmark of a great soundtrack sometimes great soundtracks pull your attention and that's a good thing but in this movie a great soundtrack needs to be part of the entirety without ever overtaking it and it was very good yeah i think it plays like you said perfectly into the movie it's never a soundtrack that i would ever listen to outside of watching it sure certainly. but i think that while you're watching it it's just it complements it so well. You know, one but, of the reasons um, I think that it works so well is because of the fact that there's a lot of moments where it's almost sounds like it's it's almost like it's old nature sound effects or like metal clacking up against something or wood clacking up against something else and making a noise, but then them kind of syncopating that and putting a level of like a rhythm to it, and then so it sounds natural, and then it starts to build into like some of these. I won't say orchestral, but you know, you start to bring in some of these more foreign sounding instruments and then it, it's like by that point you've already set the mood and that natural right. swell in kind of let you it let it bring that mood up without ever being something that you just intently noticed unless you stopped and were like damn this is banging <laughs> i want to talk about how like i live in new england and the scene of i do see witches all the time yeah but <laughs> the scene of like looking the first scene where you come up of them going and finding that spot and praying and then it pushes up into the woods. Yeah. I've seen those trees like 85 fucking times. That that looks that is exactly what everywhere around me looks like. So it's really cool yeah. like being from Connecticut and like there's something inherently about this area that's just creepy. Like New England is just fucking creepy. So it's kind of cool. Living in Georgia with so many movies and TV shows being filmed here now. Every time I've watched like The Walking Dead or something, I'm like man, that could literally be my backyard. <laughs> like that yeah, just looks like exactly Georgia. Like when you live somewhere, it's so weird that like even though it's like three hours away, it still looks like that same place. Oh yeah, like I bet that wasn't even in. I was. I wonder where it was filmed, but I would bet that wasn't in. I bet that if anything, it was filmed probably Mass, but it looks exactly like Connecticut. It said it was shot on location in England, but the lack of tax incentives meant he had to settle for Canada. So it was filmed not far off, but wow. it was too far. So it was yeah. filming, but it was actually well, casting was done in England. So because he wanted all the people to sound like English, old like English old timey. Yeah, certainly did. I just I thought about that. Yeah, I was yeah. hearing her, did, hearing everybody talk. I was like, how do you write a script like this? This must be super weird. 
That's yeah, what I like is it's all dialect from that time. Yeah. It said to give the film an authentic look. And this is the same kind of stuff he did with the lighthouse that we talked about. But this yeah. movie was shot only with natural light and anything indoors was shot only using the lighting from candles. Yep, I noticed that. Which it very much looked like it, but it's interesting that it actually was. Yeah. Cause I would have assumed like, oh, there's some movie magic to make it look like that. But no, you like only lit candles. Which is pretty crazy because it was lit super well. With, yeah, with staged lighting. Uh, the scene yeah. where you see Caleb having the uh, light shining against his face from the candle. I was like, holy shit, yeah. that is 100% only candle light. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the dinner table too. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, it looked really good. So what were you going to say though, Chris? No, I just wanted to bring up, because I've heard this criticism about the movie a lot and I didn't have this problem. I don't know if it's because I'm from the area or whatever, but could you guys understand William? No, like that's why I told you all last week, like watch the subtitles because I don't know what the fuck. I, I didn't. This is too deep. I didn't turn on subtitles and I fully understand it. understood everything he said. So I don't know if that's like, cause I'm from here, but no one talks like that, but I didn't have any issues with that. I didn't have subtitles on either. And I heard yeah. what he said. No problems. Yeah. yeah it I, was gruff. I've only ever watched with subtitles. And to be fair, I watch everything with subtitles. Sure. Yeah, but, I normally do too. So maybe if I so I straight up turned that. them off because you told me to turn them on. So I was like, I have to see if this is that bad. And then I just gotcha. watched the movie that way. Like I said, if I turned them off, maybe I could still watch it. But as I'm like watching it, I'm constantly looking down, especially when he's talking because it's so yeah. deep and gravelly. For sure. That's just like I listened a while ago. Someone covered this movie and I listened to it and they brought that up the whole time. And I was like, I don't. I didn't see that much of an issue with it, but yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I was just curious. I'm right. Hold on one more thing. So, you know, we goof yeah. about the name being spelled with two V's, but that's actually, yeah. he got that from pamphlets from back then talking about witches and other like scripts and texts and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's actually pretty it neat. Was, so it was, it was intentional. <laughs> one of those things where you hope a lot of people don't end up doing that. Like how, for some reason, one band decided that they were going to make an A of V instead. And then every other oh, band, wow. mm-hmm. we're going to do the same fucking thing. <laughs> hey man, yeah. it's metal, dude. That's metal. It's not even metal. It's bands like Paris. <laughs> Which, just every time it. I see it now, I, I say Purvis because that's what it fucking looks like to me for some reason. And I'm glad to know it's not just me. My wife, without me saying a word, was like, why does that look like it says Purvis? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad I don't. I, I thought I was an idiot. <laughs> 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 I guess someone said, so hey, have you seen The Vitch? I'd be like, fair enough. The Vitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad it puts it in the W's on like voodoo. So, Chris. How many stars out of five do you give the v- 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 bitch? Um, I gave it five praise Jesuses out of five. Thank God. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Brett? How many stars out of five do you give the v- v- bitch? I give it a six sided star. So six out of five. Cool. Best rating in the house. <laughs> <laughs> the star of David. Uh, no, I. <laughs> I like the movie. I think that I still personally want to rewatch it. So I'm going to say that this is a this is a rating that I think has a very high chance of going up or down. I'm going to hope up because I think as we've discussed it, I think another watch would actually just cement better. Huh? <laughs> Can't go up from five, which should tell you that I don't have a five. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four with a strong potential that it could probably be a 4.5 for me. 
in rewatching it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching, I was like, "This movie's fucking crazy and weird," and I don't even know if I, what I just watched completely, but I think I do. And I was just like, immediately it reminded me, like I said, of Lighthouse, and I was just like, "Man, Blake has some weird, crazy taste," but like both of these very crazy movies, I enjoyed. <laughs> oh my bad. What is your pick for next week, buddy? Um. So I got to be honest. I almost don't want to do this movie. But Brett made the point that we haven't watched a movie from this genre. <laughs> and I think, I guess, I will stick with Blake's pick of doing movies from your top 10, and we will finally watch Up in the Air. Oh, shit. All right. I, I am both not that upset about this, but also a little upset about this. <laughs> and it's you awesome. said it. I wouldn't have picked it. I know that. And it's only because it's like we did a top 10 episode, and then we've only been watching movies from the top 10. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. I'm gonna pick a different movie actually, because I, I honestly don't want to cover it. Because if anyone doesn't like it, I'm gonna be really fucking pissed. <laughs> you just want? To- I'm not even kidding. I would be legitimately mad. Hey, listen, I'm okay. With yeah, like it- it's just weird that we have a top ten episode and it's just like let's watch a lot of shit from the top ten. But I think in a row is kind of hard, you know. I think doing that yeah. put those movies well, in my head. It, because when it, I, yeah. the witch, I think about it, I was like, oh, The Witch, fuck yeah. Yeah, certainly. I, I get why it's easy to want to do it. You're thinking about movies that you love, and you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk <clears> about <throat> All right, so is it up in the air, or are you picking something else? I don't know. I kind of want to pick something else. Brett made me paranoid about it. <laughs> pick something else. Look, it's okay. <laughs> Dude, we can do up in the air. But if you don't want to do it, and you're only doing it because you feel like we haven't cover that genre then just choose another one of your favorite rom-coms you've got mail hey that's a good point sleepless in seattle and you you got mail are both fantastic movies even if they're I the like same them. it's just the first one that came to mind that and failure to launch failure to launch is good i like that one too yeah matthew mcconaughey is such a hunk <clears throat> i think uh-huh. fuck you we're watching up in the air <laughs> i don't give a shit that's what we're watching all right Complain about it another time. I'm not complaining. <laughs> you you know what? Fine. We'll do Up in the Air or My Big Fat Greek Wedding. You have to choose one of the two. Both very good movies. I, I think I've seen big, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but I'm not like positive. I'm fairly sure that I have. You want to do a rom-com? Let's just do Pineapple Express, man. A, a bromance for the ages. We're going to watch Up in the Air. <laughs> it's, it's, time. It's, it's time to watch Up in the Air. We've hinted at it. But again... Rom-com, right? Yeah. Rom-com. Yes, it is a rom-com. And it is very much a strict rom-com. <laughs> I think I'm going to get off this podcast and watch it up in the air. And then I'll watch <laughs> it again on Monday. Holy shit. And then I'll watch it after the show. It's so good. I love that movie, man. Part of it is I'm worried that I'm not going to like it as much. Like because we're doing it this way. And I it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like, wait, what was I talking about? George Clooney sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Vera Farmiga, not the MILF I remember. <laughs> so it's streaming on Prime and Hulu. So that's good. Yes, yeah, so it is streaming on Prime. So well, there you go. The, we, can add it, we can edit that so, yeah. where people can listen. Right. Grab some roses, light some candles, and watch with your girlfriend. It'll be a great date movie. Great date movie, and then you 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 have 15 minutes of sex at the beginning of the podcast, and then you listen to the rest of it in shame. 
<laughs> midweek matinee. Follow us on Twitter, patreon.com slash nartech. Have a good night. Thanks to our patrons, Josh Durrell. My name is Carol. Luke Bartholomew. <laughs> Brett's just totally silent. <laughs> this is like you sully the name of my network. <laughs> Never brought you motherfuckers out here. <laughs> the Nartec Nowell has been <laughs> stepped on and destroyed far too many times. <laughs> you have brought shame to the Nartec Narwhal. Narwhalington. <laughs> oh man. I like that name. Yeah, no, that's actually the, uh, you don't ever watch video, but I have a narwhal that we keep a cowboy sheriff hat on. But if you look under that, it's a narwhal that's, he's naturally as part of the, it's like a, a molded one, like a ceramic one. He's got a naval hat on. <laughs> so oh, okay. always play, he's Sheriff Narwhalington or Narwhalington. And then, and it's like, you think you, you think just because you get off of land, you're safe. No, nah, bitch. Bam. <laughs> part of the Navy. He's a narwhal. Yep. <laughs> the Narvi. I dig it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right, Blake. And and this and this nightmare ending to this podcast. Oh, I don't I have, have to all cut this. so much of this. Thanks for coming. Yes, but you need to say you need to ask <laughs> Brett to close the show out so he can fucking do it. And I can stop thinking about all the stuff I have to cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us again this week. With midweek matinee. Brett, take us out, buddy. I sure will, Blake, just because you asked so kindly and called me buddy. But I got one thing to say. I've been on a buddy streak today, man. I'm not I don't know your why. buddy guy. I'm kidding. Actually, I call people buddy all the time. <laughs> but if you want to reach out to us and discuss with us, uh, one of the things we've recently done is brought the Triangle Squared discord which is a discord for the playstation podcast that me and my buddy saul do every monday so if you want to go hear me talk about games uh, go check that out uh, but we have a discord that we're going to start linking down in the descriptions below where we brought all of the nartech family into one discord so that you can talk about gaming in the triangle squared category if you want to do so or you can talk about movies with us and talk about things that we've done on the show or share your opinions on the movies that we've covered or even offer up movies that you think we should watch for us to consider by going into that discord. So we hope you'll join us there. Uh, of course, if you want to just find us on standard social media, you can go over to Twitter and find us at matinee underscore midweek. You can find uh, us on Facebook at midweek matinee and as well on Instagram under the same name. If you want to specifically shout out either Chris or Blake's bad takes, uh, then you can head over to Twitter and find them <laughs> at figs21k. That's F-I-G-Z-21k. Or you can find Blake at popes underscore Blake underscore 92. So if you want to support the show with more than just your time, which we are ever so grateful for, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month to get episodes of this show early. You get them five days earlier than everyone else does as a thank you for supporting the show, while also just uh, being a cool person for supporting our work and our general want to do these things. So remember, you can always find us at all those places, but I think I'm most excited about getting to the point where people can discuss things and actually recommend movies so that we're not having to sit there and go through what movies we want to watch. Maybe we can get some outer stimuli, but 
again, we always give a shout out to our patrons at the end of every episode. So we're going to start off with Mr. Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, My Name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Joshua Lago, Eric McAllister, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Tabib, Jason Clendenning, Tyler B., and last but certainly not least, Mr. Richard Schaefer. Thank you all so much for ha- being able to make this show happen. Thank you. anyone gets the joke like because i've edited that, that like word out of every single time it's been in the show i've put a bleep <laughs> over it and i don't think anyone what'd you say no that that word's fine the devil would hoist himself up over the horse with his cowboy boots also I yeah, the OGS, cowboy boots I, were invented in 12 years but yeah so, so okay. he's a time-traveling devil. He's fucking Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that movie too, yeah. But <laughs> the devil time The one thing I would say... <laughs> shit, I lost it. So about... Never mind, we'll just move on. We've gone past what I was going to say. Oh, so shoot, we're good. Shoot. I was going to say, have you guys ever seen the movie Hellraiser? Yeah. Like, I know you have, but Brett, have you seen it? So that... Jesus... So do you know the scene when he has a body but he's not fully grown yet but no that scene where he's like it'll be fine in the recording the scene where he's like mostly body but he's still just innards and he's all wet and goopy do you know, know what i'm talking about yeah that scene is what that word feels like to me how he looks in that scene is what that word makes me feel. And that's why I can't I, It makes me feel so gross. <laughs> that is literally your body yeah. as fluids. <laughs> I had the same reaction to him touching Julia in that okay. scene as I do All when right. you guys say it. So and it's right. interesting so that you gross. say that too because... A lot of people think of bodily fluids, and that's the epitome (laughs) of bodily bodily fluids. (laughs) Hello, Looker, and congratulations. You have discovered the secret message. Midweek Matinee is produced and edited by Christopher Figueroa. Music is by Joshua Lago. Thank you for your support and for enjoying all these movies with us. And lastly, please send your iTunes reviews to Old Pink, Care of the Funny Farm.